Hello and welcome to the Scottish Indie Podcast. Today I'm delighted to welcome along the organiser of Live and Levy, Ross Coots. How you doing, mate? Hello, how's things? How are you getting on? I'm not bad at all. Enjoying the weather in uh, sunny Dumbarton today and looking forward to the to the festival, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been a, a rare sunny Wednesday afternoon <laughs> in Glasgow today and the excitement must be really building up. We're, what, 10 days away from Live and Levy 2022 and it's been a long time in the often as well given the the chaos that the pandemic caused over the last couple of years. How excited are you at this moment in time as the, the day draws ever nearer? Yeah, absolutely buzzing to have a, a festival in person again uh, as part of the, the Live and Livy brand. Uh, we did year one, our year one of Live and Livy was 2019. We held it in the, the, the kind of various areas around the Livingston Football Stadium, the famous Tony Mac. Uh, so we, uh, we had that there. That was great. Uh, we then looked to build on that for 2020. It was due to be at Howden Park Centre. Uh, that year, unfortunately, we were firmly in the pandemic. We were just there. I think we were just out of the lockdown. We actually where one of the first events, if not the first event in 2020, to go uh, fully virtual in terms of uh, putting on a festival live from a venue, albeit there was no there was no fans there, but we kind of took it from that stage of moving out of the kind of bedrooms into a socially distanced setting where possible, but still with live bands. Uh, so it was great to do that. Uh, two years ago, last year, we moved into Howden Park Centre, which is our new home. And we were one of the first events back with with fans, very, very limited. Um, so we had a socially distanced crowd of kind of key workers, the NHS workers, and um, and each band got a kind of small guest list last year as well. So we, we were probably looking at 20 or 30 people. So it'd be great to have it back in front of a, a full house this year. And with that being said, the, the pandemic, and I don't want to dwell on it too much because it's been discussed at great length but, uh, over the course of these podcasts, I suppose, given it was started back in March of last year. But you've obviously had the, I suppose, the blow and you've had to kind of adapt to the circumstances there. Has that only wet the appetite to get going again this year or was there any doubt in your mind about going ahead with Live and Living this year, given that you've been kind of kicked down over the last couple of years? Uh, no, absolutely not. Like, definitely, uh, it's the, the plan was always as soon as as soon as fans were allowed back, which was last August, we were like, let's let's start planning again. Uh, and then there was the, the, the there was a slight uh, dip, wasn't there? Just over Christmas, we had a couple of shows cancelled uh, over the festive period, and I'm thinking, oh. Jesus, what's happening here? Because uh, we'd obviously started booking for Live and Livy and things were slightly going back the way. Uh, but no, that was just a kind of wee blip over the, the winter while this new variant came out. Uh, we progressed with the event and it was great to finally announce it and to get it on sale, I think, back in, in February this year. What pleasing has the reaction been to the festival that, I suppose, absence makes a heart grow fonder, as they say, but you've been able to kind of keep up that momentum with the the online stream festival, but to to announce a festival and to get such universal delight at the the lineup, especially, it's it's filled with fantastic bands, mainly made up of of West Lothian acts, which of course is a scene that's absolutely thriving just now. I it straight away was a, a lineup that caught my eye, and that's it amongst 
summer lineup where there's there's a hell of a lot of festivals. You must be delighted at the the response you've got to the festival. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the, I mean, one of the key things that um, our key aims when we launched Live and Living four years ago, myself and the Trash Panda team, uh, Adrian, we basically we wanted to use it to um, promote the West Lothian music scene. That's not to say that we wouldn't have bands from out with West Lothian performing. We had the Roof a few years ago, and uh, Year One, who are incredible, big fan of the Roof. Uh, we've got rest this year as one of our headliners, but it was always our aim to have the majority of the lineup at West Lothian bands where that allows. Um, so we're delighted this year that uh, every one of our acts, every one of our support acts, should I say, uh, is West Lothian based. And uh, in a band sense, that means that uh, over half of each lineup of um, every band is, is West Lothian, from West Lothian. Um, so yeah, we've got rest and Dead Sea Souls headlining. Uh, Dead Sea Souls obviously from West Lothian. Rest almost feel like the part of a West Lothian music scene that they played in uh, in Olivia and Bathgate that often but they're, they're not quite uh, but the rest of the lineup is, is fully West Lothian based Dictator are on to something special at the moment um, delighted we've got the guys in on the lineup the cartoons as well are, are they're kind of making big waves with uh, like this feeling DF uh, and uh, a few other promoters and then under that you've got yeah Megan Black Fraser McLean uh, She Burned Red Fox and Kira Watt on the, the main stage so no we're delighted with how strong our a lineup we've managed to pull together for it. And what about the venue itself? You've, as you said, you've, you've kind of moved about from the the humble beginnings that the spaghetti had to, to online shows and, and now to, to Howden Park. What differences will those attending the festival notice uh, when they go along this year? I think anybody that was at the event at uh, the stadium, it, it was a good venue, um, but it doesn't lend itself to live music. The main the main room that we used, um, which is the biggest room in the stadium without moving on to the park, which would bring its own uh, challenges, it was the, the Ammonville Suite. So it just doesn't lend itself. It's quite a, it's quite a narrow venue. It's got low ceilings. Uh, it, it worked for what we did, but the plan was always to then grow and Howden Park Centre gives us more opportunity. It's a much bigger venue. There's different rooms. Uh, we've got two stages, both operating in a, a kind of fairly sizable rooms. We've got the outdoor opportunity that we didn't have uh, in the, the football stadium. There's no licensing uh, outdoors at the stadium so um, we, we didn't have any option to allow outdoor drinking and whatnot there whereas this year we've got a we've got brilliant terrace anyone that's familiar with Howden Park Centre there's a, a brilliant kind of stunning terrace just overlooking Howden Park uh, out the front which is licensed so uh, we're going to have a couple of food vendors there We'll have bar serving, uh, cocktails, beer, ciders, all your kind of all your refreshments, and fingers crossed we'll, we'll get the weather. Um, but yeah, it's just a bigger venue. It allows me a lot more opportunity for the for kind of growing the. And it has to be said that the the West Lothian scene, while it's well well known now that there's a a real thrive going on just now, and there's real momentum behind it. The the lack of opportunities for, for local bands to play locally uh, is something that I've had a few bands on kind of almost complaining a wee bit that they have to, to go to Glasgow or they'll maybe need to branch out into Edinburgh to get those opportunities. How pleasing is it for you to be able to give those bands the opportunity to play to their local fans in their local area? It's, it's something that will be very, very special for all involved. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, Bathgate is, uh, Bathgate does well. Bathgate has a, a strong uh, sort of venue scene that's been struggling a bit for a while. Livingston has absolutely nothing, really. Um, so to, to put on West Lothian uh, music in, uh, in Howden Park in Livingston is, is incredible. Uh, if you look to Bathgate, I think they're doing some good things there. The Purple Orange, uh, I think, are allowed full bands now. There was an issue before they had with neighbours uh where they could only have strip back sets but uh, purple orange is great uh, midnight breakfast club another small venue the regal are doing more bits and pieces in, in bathgate obviously there's a dreadnought which is your uh, two three nights a week um so it works with with pretty much all of those venues and it's great in bathgate there's a lot of opportunity but as you say there's a lot of uh, of acts that are based more towards the the levy area and they've got glasgow they've got edinburgh they've got bathgate but to give them the opportunity to um, to, to take to the stage in uh, Livy and uh, as part of this festival and to promote acts like Rest and DSS is, is something that's quite special. And let's get a wee bit deeper into the to the lineup. As I've already mentioned, it's a it's a fantastic bill that you've managed to put together. Uh, at the moment, it's a it's not quite a, a who's who of the upcoming bands in, in West London because there's just that many of them, obviously, but. You've got the likes of Dead Sea Souls, Dictator, The Cartoons, Megan Black, Mark Sharp playing the acoustic stage as well. It, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, I'll obviously post it accompanying this podcast. But who, who are you personally looking forward to on that bill? It's possibly quite difficult for you just to, to handpick one. So I'll give you the opportunity to pick two or three, if you will. Oh, do you know what? It's, I mean, it's so difficult to, to pick. I mean, I, I, I work with so many of the bands in the lineup as well, uh, which has made it easier to book the lineup. Um, but yeah, I guess the joy of putting on festivals is getting to getting to essentially handpick a lineup uh, with the, some of the, the best acts that we've got, lo- both locally and for certainly other events I've put on uh, further afield. Um, so no, it's, it's really eclectic lineup as well. Um, there's a, a good mix of music in there. We've got our uh, we've got our main stage, um, where we've got a, a host of acts throughout the day, um, but to also have that acoustic stage with, uh, as you say, Mark Sharp headlining. Um, and he's obviously uh, sold out the likes of St. Luke's uh, with his band, and uh, they're they're getting set for a probably a huge 2023. There's some big plans there, so to have him headlining an intimate um, an intimate venue as part of the acoustic stages is going to be pretty cool. Um, it's, it's difficult to to put a, a finger on individual bands. As, as I say, Rest, incredible album out this year, DSS, new material, is sounding as fresh as ever. Uh, Dictator, um, their, their latest tracks are, are um, huge as well. And I know they've just announced a headline show at St. Luke's as well, which I've absolutely no doubt will, will sell out as well. They're really on the, the cusp of something special, a few good award wins over the past year as well. So, uh, no, it's great to see the, the entire music scene um, growing. And I think one of the, the best bits about it, now that live music is back, is that the um, sort of pioneers of the scene and the, the bigger bands will, will take the, the younger bands out on tour with them. They'll uh, ensure that they, they have them on support slots. They'll support them. Uh, first of all, obviously, um, uh, Lewis Capaldi, who was really the kind of first act out of that scene to, to break through. And 
he'll take Mark Sharp, Luke Lavolpe, the snuts out with him. Uh, now the snuts have really kind of made it and, and they're making sure to take, um, again, your other kind of younger acts out. So it's good to see that, that the scene continuing to thrive and as more and more bands continue to, to grow and get bigger, uh, they are helping the, the young bands out there as well. Yeah, that's 100%, isn't it? It's that sort of community spirit that exists just now that everyone's looking out for everyone, everyone's looking for other bands to do well and succeed. And it's a it's a really positive atmosphere that this festival, I can only think, is going to go another way to, to support in that. It's a, an occasion where there'll be so many bands and artists together that know each other, that are friends, and it'll be a real celebration. Yeah, absolutely. And again, that's one of the, the kind of special things about this type of event as well, is that in uh, filling it up with West Lothian bands, and don't get me wrong, we could have had a, a, a brilliantly strong lineup with having a host of bands from out West, West Lothian as well. But with it being just a one day event and, and only two stages, you're limited to the amount of acts. So we thought we'll just make it pretty much all West Lothian. Um, and it's a good chance for the, for the as you say, for the acts to kind of mix in with each other as well. They don't often play on the same bills. You'll get one or two of them playing on the same bill, but very rarely will you get, say, 14, 15 West Lothian acts playing on the same bill and they can uh, they can catch each other live. They can uh, they hang out sort of backstage, see what's happening, uh, share advice, and just especially for the younger acts on the, the bill, it's, it's a great chance for them to kind of um, speak to, to some of the more renowned acts and, and just kind of get some tips and stuff from them. And that's another element, I suppose, in terms of having that experience of playing a, a festival environment. That can only bode well going forward as well, given the fact that there is a lot of opportunities in, in festivals across Scotland uh, this year, and I'm sure that will continue for many years to come. So it's that kind of almost breeding ground as, as such where you'll be able to, to cut your teeth and progress onwards uh, into future festival opportunities. Yeah, of course. I mean, there's, t- there's festivals cropping up all the time in Scotland at the moment, which can only be good for the, the music scene and, and unsigned music, um, giving um, new bands an opportunity to, to play. A lot of them are city-based, but uh, it's good to see some of the smaller towns starting to to roll out their own festivals as well. And that really is the kind of starting ground for a lot of these young bands. You know, the band from uh, Livingston or from, say, Dunfermline or or wherever, uh, they're going to start by playing local events in, in their town. And the, to, for them to play a festival uh, and then to, to build on that, they, they might get a, a Glasgow festival, an Edinburgh festival to then build on that and, and to increase to your, your bigger events like your Bella Drums, your Transmits, and, uh, and even further afield. So it's absolutely the, the kind of breeding ground for where the, the where the kind of local music starts. And, and that's something that we're kind of quite proud of. Yeah, that, that kind of took me on to my next question there. To be fair, I think you should be immensely proud of the fact that you're given these opportunities. And, and don't get me wrong, these bands are, there's not one act on that bill that isn't there on merit, but it's it's a platform. And Do you think that helps Live and Livy stand out? Amongst a, a really saturated market as well, that there is a lot of a young, fresh talent that maybe haven't had their their opportunities on other festivals, despite the fact that you look at bands like Rest and Dead Sea Souls and Dictator, they've built up really loyal followings that will sell out venues in the city. So the opportunity to play their 
their hometown and to a crowd and play a festival because, as I said, these opportunities, as much as there is lots of them, uh, lots of festivals, it doesn't seem that there is the same kind of opportunities for, for Scottish bands on these festival bills. And it, that's not taking a dig at them. It's just a, a general observation, really. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, do you know, like, I guess there are such a strong uh, new music scene, not only in Scotland, but across the rest of the UK as well. It is difficult. Um, <coughs> um, a, a lot of festivals are, are kind of pressurised. Uh, if they book acts through, a, like, if, they, if they're booking headliners through a, an agency, then they'll be pressurised to put on a lot of other up-and-coming bands from, from that agency. I guess because we are so small as a festival, local, independent, um, we, we are not under that pressure. We can, um, we can book the lineup as we, as we see fit. Basically, uh, based on the the current talent in West Lothian, who's releasing material just now, uh, and uh, and obviously who's available for the the event as well. Um, but yeah, it's going to give us a good opportunity to to have a, a blank sort of um, clipboard to start with, and then to pull together a, a really strong lineup. I guess that transcends to when a band that are on the cusp or are going to achieve success and. They've played it live in Levy. That can only enhance the reputation of the festival as well. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we've only had one in-person event so far, which was uh, 2019, and we were lucky enough to have Luke Lavolpe headlining. Um, I think one of his first kind of headline shows as the as the band, and obviously, as you know, he's gone on to to big things. Huge hell out show at St Luke's early, well, early this year. It was a tail end of last year, wasn't it? Uh, he's playing Transmit this summer. He's doing a full UK festival tour. Um, so, and then you look back on content and say right okay he was that that there was time headlining the the very first live in Livy uh, and even more special with the fact that again he's a he's a West Lothian act and um yeah it's kind of special to have to have bands like that and and I've no doubt that um that, that if you look at this year's lineup you know likes of Rest, Dead Sea Souls, Dictator, the Catoons, Mark Sharp, etc. are going to be uh, bigger in years to come and and we'll be looking back on the time that they played live in Livy and saying um if you didn't get tickets then then why not? How exciting is it for you as as someone that's local as well to see all these bands achieving such great things and really you wouldn't have thought it maybe five years ago or maybe you did because you were at closer quarters to it than than I am but if you had mentioned to me five years ago that the West Lothian music scene would be thriving I would have kind of taken a second glance at you and kind of questioned your your thinking but it has just absolutely exploded and it's it's a fantastic thing to see. Um, there must have been something in the water back 20 odd years ago because there's all this talent's all coming through at the same time. Yeah, do you, listen, do you know what it was? Like, even if you'd have said to me 10 plus years ago, uh, what's your thoughts on the West Lothian music scene? Uh, I, I would have come back with the fact it is, I, I'm, sorry, I'm surprised at how much it has exploded, delighted how much it has. Uh, so, uh, but if you look um, sort of 10, 12 years ago, the talent was there. And uh, venues such as Harley's in Bathgate, Room at the Top, uh, Da Vinci's in Livingston, we were regularly putting on shows and in those crowds uh, at, at the shows, which would often feature the likes of Dead Sea Souls, the Apple Scruffs, Tango in the Attic, the Ray Summers, bands of that generation. 
um, we were given sort of youngsters an opportunity to to go out and and enjoy that music and in those crowds uh, you would have had a, a young Louis Capaldi, a, a young Mark Sharp, uh, the Snuts boys were were regulars at these gigs, uh, and I think it was just giving people the opportunity to go out and uh, and experience that. And but there's Dead Sea Souls who we've got headlining this year. They had a nine year hiatus, but but they really were one of them. Uh, one of the bands who who invigorated the, the young music scene in West Lothian as it is today. Uh, you'd often be travelling on a, a bus to a, a Dead Sea Souls away night up in Dundee or whatever, and, and a lot of the young bands who are breaking through now were, um, were going to those shows. But it's venues like Harley's Room at the Top, The Lounge, uh, The Attic, there was an absolute abundance of venues and um, they gave the young acts the opportunity not only to catch the, the bands that they were watching and aspiring to be, but also chances to um, to support those bands. Um, so if you look at Harley's Bar, all those young bands that I've mentioned there who are now absolutely huge, have all played a set in Harley's and it was literally just the upstairs in, in a pub, basically. It was a dark, dingy venue every time that people were jumping up and down in the floor at Harley's upstairs. Uh, if you were downstairs, you, you kind of thought the roof was going to come in. Um, so, so yeah. And that's exactly what it's all about. It's, it's almost kind of that becomes a wee bit tribal in nature sometimes where you just got you're following this band across the country and really it's just you build up that fan base and that kind of status it, it kind of reminds me a wee bit of following the view back in the 2004-2005 type times where it was just it felt like it was just constantly you're on the road traveling across Scotland and the UK following this band that at the time, hadn't even had an album out. It was just that excitement and that sense of adventure as well. It it just all kind of ties in. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the um, I guess the the, the West Lothian scene as it is just now is probably comparable to that of the the Dundee music scene, sort of two thousand and six to two thousand and eight, where the View were the ones to kind of make it big, and they were constantly taking bands like uh, the Brogues, the Law, Luvana. Uh, an absolute host of, of bands uh, and young bands helping each other out on the, on the circuit. Um, but yeah, I remember going to see The View when they were kind of first, um, the, when there was that sort of initial sort of excitement, they were just taking part in the NME Awards Tour, actually. And I remember I remember they were meant to be supporting the Automatic and, and remember them. Uh, and uh, they were actually, yeah, they ended up having to go on last in, in Glasgow because they, everyone kind of thought, right, well, it's the O2 or the Carling Academy as it was at the time. And uh, if they if the automatic had been headlining, then nobody would have been left in the venue. But yeah, it, that's exactly that's the kind of what you kind of compare it to was the the Dundee music scene and um, sort of to yeah two thousand and five to two thousand eight two thousand nine. Uh, you had a lot of good venues up there as well, and I know that the venues aren't uh, there's not quite as many now in Dundee, but but again, venues play a play a huge part in the, these young bands coming through. He's talked about a lot of the kind of positive things that are going on. And in terms of the the challenges that organising Live at Libby this year has presented you with, is there anything that, that stands out as being a real difficulty in terms of getting it over the line and, and getting it to the point that it is now, 10 days ahead of the festival? Yeah, well, anyone that's, that's involved in organising live music just now, 
uh, will tell you that, um, or will reiterate, promoting uh, unsigned music and new music is tricky at the moment, and getting people to buy tickets is trickier than ever. Uh, there was an initial thought during uh, the whole lockdown and the pandemic that people are going to be so buzzing to come back to live music. Like, as soon as you stick tickets on sale, they're going to sell out straight away. But you just need to have a look and see the, the amount of um, unsigned shows that have been cancelled across the UK, for, or across Scotland specifically, for one reason or another. And um, I'd imagine a lot of the time, no matter what the reason is, is pitched as, whether it's writing new material or uh, etc. I think a lot of the time that the, the, the reason of these shows being cancelled is just poor, poor ticket sales. Um, so so we've got we've got there this year. We've done a, a fair amount of promotion. We've kind of hammered the hammered the socials. We've had some on-site advertising, a little bit of press, and obviously likes of you guys featuring us, which is is very much appreciated. But um, by no by no means it's been has it been an easy sell with, with the the lineup that we've got. We're, we're almost over the line. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky at the moment. Um, selling tickets for for events like this, um, whether it's people hesitant with the virus still, and uh, whether it's people that uh, they've been that used to sitting in the house for. Um, two years uh, that uh, it's just second nature now there's the cost of living which is obviously well well promoted well publicized and people need to make cuts somewhere and certainly new music is is one of those areas and um, so yeah selling tickets is is difficult we've just about got there and um, sales are looking good uh, and we're, we're excited for the event but that's the, the, the kind of tricky point at the moment yeah i have seen quite a few unfortunately in, in terms of bands that I've been going to see and, and unfortunately their gigs have fallen by the wayside just due to I wouldn't say demand, it's, it's just due to, to ticket sales and I, I completely understand for a variety of reasons as you, as you mentioned there's there's that wee bit of just fear of committal sometimes I think as well just due to the, the amount of events that, that people have had tickets for and then have been cancelled and you've got to deal with the, the disappointment of that, you've got to ridiculous cost of switching your heating on on a daily basis uh doing a washing the uh there's, there's so many outside factors that unfortunately are having a direct effect on the music scene so it's again it's testimony to to the work that you've done that you've got this festival going ahead and and that people have bought into it because it's it's not easy uh, there's there's bands that I speak to on a weekly basis on the podcast and they're, they're already thinking three, four months ahead, saying, oh, if we don't shift another 50, if we don't shift another 16, it's just, it must be a really troubling time when that's your, your bread and butter. You're, that's the difference between survival and and maybe having to look elsewhere for for work. It's, it's frightening, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And so many people work in these venues or, or work kind of in terms of the, the band side of things full time. And uh, that, that is what they rely on, these these live shows that they've uh, had to make do without them for the best part of two years. Uh, they're now back. And, um, and yeah, I, I mean, across the board, they're just they're just slow. They're just slow to sell. And there's there's many reasons for that. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed, uh, it'll start to it'll start to get better in the in the coming months, but a big part of it is, as you say, the cost of energy, the rising cost of living, which is putting prices up in the venues. Um, your price of a pint's probably going to be 
maybe almost double what it was like five, six years ago. Um, and people are obviously taking decisions like that into account when they're planning what events are going to go to over the summer if they would possibly have went to four or five festivals before they might only be going to like one or two now. Tell us about your involvement in UK Fresh Sounds. It's, it's something that I've followed with, with great interest for quite some time now. It seems to be something that goes very well as well. Yeah, so Fresh Sounds was, I kind of started it as a radio show. Um, so again, through my kind of passion for live music, uh, live music and unsigned music actually as well, um, I have been involved in the, the hospital radio at, at Livingston Grapevine for a number of years. Um doing new music shows uh, and I'd done a previous show called The Gap, which we did up until I left and moved away from Livingston in 2013. Um, and I took on a new job up in Lock Oilhead um, doing marketing for a holiday company. Um, so I'd put a lot of focus into that. So I kind of gave it up for a while. And then start of 2017, I had a bit more time and I thought, right, okay, I want to start a new music show again. Um, let's come up with a, a sort of brand for it, and we can, it means we can do events under that umbrella as well. Um, so we came up with Fresh Sounds, uh, regular live radio shows. Um, we have special guests in session, unsigned musicians. Uh, we are now on Lomond Radio, actually, which is through where I, where I stay in uh, Dumbarton. So focusing on the music scene, not only through here in, uh, in the West Coast, but across Scotland and beyond regular interviews and, and live sessions. Um, and also, yeah, I guess the, the, the live side of things as well. So it's the kind of two 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 sides to fresh sounds so there's the the radio side and then there's the live music side so any sort of gigs or festivals that we put on we we tend to give it the, the sort of fresh sounds name as well just to give us that kind of um promotion because we've got like the email list and we've got the socials and stuff that we can we can push it on oh, it's, it's superb work mate uh, again something you should be incredibly proud of now just as we head towards finishing up i'm going to put you on the spot with a, a bit of a tricky one uh, so good luck with this one but in terms of Live and Livy going forward is, is there one band or artist that instantly comes to mind that you would, you would love to see grace the stage <coughs> oh goodness how big are we going to get uh, listen it's going to be West Lothian it's going to be absolutely West Lothian so I mean you're talking We've had Mark, well, we've got Mark Sharp this year. We've had Luke Lavolpe before. I guess that the two biggest West Lothian acts that we've yet to have on the live and Livy bill, obviously, uh, is Lewis Capaldi and the Snuts. Uh, two acts that we have worked with many times over the years, but with Live and Livy being a relatively new brand, they were just, uh, they were too, too big by the time we came around to it. So the dream would be to have one or both of them uh, in, uh, in years to come, definitely. Yeah, I've mentioned it. We're only 10 days away from the festival. There is still tickets available. Can you tell the listeners where they can they can buy tickets, where they can follow the festival on social media and such like? Yeah, absolutely. So we are Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Live and Livy and tickets are available exclusively on Skiddle. Uh, so if you head to any of our socials, you can find the link for the Skiddle tickets and grab them in advance. They're a little bit cheaper uh, in advance as well, but there'll likely be a few uh, available on the, the weekend. So I'd like to take the opportunity to thank you for your time today. It's been something that we organised at, at quite short notice, so I'm delighted I've been able to get you on to hear a bit more about the festival, and I wish you all the very best with it. Thanks so much for having us on. Uh, absolute pleasure, and uh, yeah, thanks again for your support of the festival as well. No, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic.
You've been listening to the Scottish Indie Podcast. I'll be back in a week's time. Until then, thank you. Goodbye. Thank you.